1: Welcome to the Hockey PDO My name is Dmitry Filipovich, and uh, joining me, sitting right across from me in my living room, is, uh, is a man who I guess Ooh. you could say you wear many different hats. Too know. many. <laughs> Too many hats. Um, so I actually have to write it down here. I don't generally do a lot of notes for the show, but you have so many different jobs that I actually have to write them down just to keep track. So you're nice. on Hockey Graph still. Yes. You're the CTO of Hockey Data. Yes. And Jets Nation for another couple days. Yes. Until you hand over the reins for Correct. That man, that's a. Uh, it's a lot of stuff, and then you also you also bartend sometimes. I and do you're bartend. Still, are you still in school? Uh, no, I'm uh, officially done. So officially done. Nice. Well, there we go. At least you're, you're kind of lightening <laughs> the load a little bit. I remember for a while there, we'd like hang out at, at, at Canucks Army meetups and stuff, and you'd be like listing off all the things you were doing. Too many things. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to need another round so I can get through this one. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that most people probably know you as uh, the guy that spends an insane amount of time arguing about Mark Stewart online, though. Yes, um, that or Andre Pavlik. <laughs> yes. Well, at least the Andre Pavlik one is like defensible, just because people. <laughs> I, I, it's crazy because I wouldn't have even known that. I know people on the internet sometimes have outlandish opinions, but I wouldn't have even known that Mark Stewart had so many uh, such a loyal fan base if if you didn't like retweet people into my timeline.
0: Yeah, I. I the, it's kind of weird. I mean, everyone has their own. In my opinion like first things off is like sports is a uh, outlet it's entertainment and anyone can enjoy any player i mean we all have our own favorite players who statistically aren't great yes. they're fourth line or third pairing guys and it's just like who you like just like you just have like, an emotional yeah, attachment exactly. for whatever emotions about. are emotions but how good a player is not dependent on your emotions for that player and that's that's what kind of confuses me like i always remember um nhl 2012 or 2013 one of them uh it had mark stewart as the second best defender overall <laughs> rating i i thought that was great well i think i, I listen i i'm the same way in, in all different
1: sports i have guys i just like for whatever reason and i can acknowledge that they're probably not as as good as i'd like them to be but i still enjoy <laughs> them for whatever reason but i i would I guess it's, like, just a, a different type of way a person's wired to go online and, like, argue with strangers. Like, I would never, like, go and be like, no, you're, like, you're an idiot. Like, Mark Stewart is actually really good. Like, that'd be... I don't cool, know. cool, buddy. Yeah. It's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. If, if you say so. Yes. No, but if you say so. <laughs>
1: um, all right. Let's, uh... There's an elephant in the room. Should, I feel like we should just get the Jacob Truba stuff out of the way so we can move on to okay. other, other fun topics. Bye, elephant. Um... So I know you're a pretty big Jake Drew fan.
0: Huge. Uh, even prior to him being a Jets guy, so my biasism like existed even before then. Right.
1: And I, I, I gotta say I'm a I'm a pretty big
0: fan of myself. I think that I don't know, I remember
1: like right before his draft, I think there were some there's like a divisive opinion in terms of like what his upside was, or maybe what his offensive upside was. But then he, I remember that one year in his sophomore in his freshman year, he just killed it in Michigan. And yeah. I feel like his stock skyrocketed. I, I
0: believe pre-draft uh, Craig button aligned him towards uh, the next Adam foot. Ooh, <laughs> it's great defensive yes. game, but no offense. Yeah, yeah, But
1: I think even someone like Corey Progner, for example, was like a little bit skeptical. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not sure it was a few years ago now, so I don't mean to be misquoting. Court, yeah, but no, no, know. no.
0: I, I believe you're right. I could be wrong also, yeah. but um, my my finicky but not actually proven memories, remembering something similar to you. Uh, yeah, they never really thought of him as having much offensive upside, not being on the power play right. kind of thing, but a good first, second pairing guy who could like shut down or whatever, um, which I thought was weird because, I mean, he was a pretty successful scorer even in the USHL mm-hmm. for the U.S. National Development Team program, yeah. even prior, but... And then you watch him now, and it's like it's pretty clear that he yeah. has the
1: offensive instincts.
0: I mean, he's never going to be like a Dustin Bufflin, but right. he he has some. Well, offense. none of us will
1: ever be a Dustin no. <laughs> Bufflin.
0: Dustin Bufflin won't
1: ever be a Dustin Bufflin. Um, okay, so th- th- there's there's two ways to handle this. One is like we just went through this with Jonathan Druen, and I feel like it was I don't know. Would you say that situation
0: was even, it was probably
1: even more contentious than this one, right?
0: Like, or if, do you think well, this one's been
1: kind of bubbling to the surface it, for a while it, now? It's
0: it's, it's it's different, well, because Dren. I mean, he was sent down to the AHL. He was under contract. So right. things are a little, the situations are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Troop is not under contract, which is hilarious sometimes to see, like, again, coming back to the emotional side, emotions, you can feel rejected as much as you want. That's your own uh, prerogative. But I do find it interesting when people are treating him as if he's a Jets employee, because technically he's not right. assigned to anyone. Right.
1: Well, I mean, they retain his rights, though. At yeah, least, but, right? that's, but yeah,
0: that's true. Like I mean, any company can retain yeah. your rights, doesn't mean you work for them. Right.
1: Well, I, I saw you did uh, some hard hitting reporting uh, noting that his brother's LinkedIn page. Also oh, changed. yes. That was, I mean. Now uh, you're working the angles that no one else is. Even Bob McKenzie didn't think to look that way. That, that was most, that was partially yeah, goofy, yeah. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing with Truba. Like, I think that. Uh, I know you've written about this that you could, if you just like pulled up his boxcar stats, you're like, well, what's, what's the like, He's not such as good a, as his yeah, like, Obviously he's like a 22 year old defenseman that's playing in the NHL and that's impressive in and of itself. But when I mean, you look at his counting stats, like, all right, I guess he's like a second, third pairing guy, but then you actually dig a little deeper and you realize that he's pretty much spent what, like 60% or so of his five on five time with Mark Stewart, who we just talked about for five minutes is not being very good at hockey.
0: Yes. Um, Jacob Truba has this one statistic that I quite enjoy, um being the only defenseman to play major minutes with Mark Stewart to be in the positive Corsi percentage with him, right, and that includes prime times at day Ochara yeah that's that's, that's pretty good. that's a pretty good stuff right there. I mean who knows how much meaning he can glean for that, but it's I find it interesting
1: well i mean it is it is you know it's pretty kind of dry when you look at like so yeah, two thousand of his thirty five hundred or so minutes were with Mark Stewart, and basically as soon as you detach him from. Yeah, that anchor. Like also, his goals and his shot metrics, all just, just skyrocket. And he's like, looks like an amazing world beater.
0: I, I believe. Uh, Don't tell me about Hart. His uh, his war model, which is still in progress, and yeah. which is the reason why he has people like, oh, why am not released it? And it's because it's not done. It's mostly dependent on it's. It's pretty much a usage adjusted Corsi percentage, I guess, in many ways. Right. Um, with some shot quality factors added to it, and um, it puts him in the top five percentile in terms of out shooting opponents that doesn't mean he's in the top five percentile of best defenseman but he's having a huge impact on the game despite playing with you know something that should be causing you know it to anchor his numbers right and um the one thing that that has an impact on is it will anchor his numbers in a You know, like, in the advanced stats way that we talk about, but it also anchors his numbers as opposed to, like, his goal differentials and his individual scoring numbers, which is going to impact, you know, his earnings. Right. And um, one angle that I really haven't talked about too much, but I kind of hinted at it because I gave it to a mainstream media guy, but maybe I'll just (laughs) leak it here... Um,
1: yeah, I'm like th- I work for Sportsnet, man. I'm a mainstream. Yeah, EA there guy, we man. go. So
0: it was another one of your Sportsnet's fellows, Thomas Durant, that kind of DM'd this angle too. But he hasn't written on it yet, so I'm leaking it. Right. Um, one of the things I find interesting is I think this is going to happen more and more in the future because we're finding out more and more that the prime years of a player is in the range of 24 to 26. Yep. those are his best production years, and yet the NHLPA and this and the teams are more than happy to transition the power away from young players towards um, veterans and the teams. Right. And so there's they have no leverage, they have no control, and so being, um, I guess, a dick in perspective some people, and not a dick depending on who you are, um, but basically using the very little leverage that they have, this is one of the few situations that they can do with mm-hmm. the Jonathan Durands, the... Um, Jacob Trubas and right. all those other players who are sitting out or right, right now, and then there's all like the the, the the
1: quote unquote hockey culture guys that are like uh, you know you got to pay your dues and stuff and you got to earn your stature in this league. And How it's many like, games <laughs> played do you have to have
0: before you can ask for a trade? I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. When, <laughs> when do you know when your dues are done? Yes, yeah. yeah. Do you get like a do you get like a, a memo from and from the league for, like you paid that, your dues? You can do whatever you want. Congratulations, now. you can now ask for trades. Yes,
1: dues have been paid. Um, yeah, no. Truba Truba is a fascinating player, and I mean, we see constantly uh, how teams just follow all over themselves for young defensemen that can step into the lineup right away, but. Generally we see them like overrate guys and do that for like an Adam Larson type or something like that. And it's like Trouba's an actual player. Tru- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like an actual player that people should be falling all, all over their stumps to acquire or to, to talk about as being this really uh, exciting young player, but for whatever reason people just like there's still like a strong contingent that just like aren't on board for whatever reason. Do you think it's it's probably just because of the steward effect you think
0: um i think that's in part i think also small market right um and i mean Troop also plays a high profiles or not high profile but a high event game Mm -hmm. and i mean like everybody likes their shea webbers their low events and uh so i think that also plays a bit to it because a lot of the contests that i've seen is well is not good enough he he makes mistakes yeah he has these decision making things and uh, you find like you know uh as a Jets fan, um, a lot of Dustin Bufflin, but, it's like, I mean, you see it across the league with Latang and Subban and, yeah, like, all those, like, high-offs. Like high yeah, guy, a Carlson. Yep. So, I mean, I think that plays a role into it. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. Well, so, kind so, of spinning it forward, like, let's say uh, the Jets realize, like, okay, you know, we, we can't repair this relationship. But we have to try and get some value out of this asset we currently have. Uh, what do you, have you thought about, like, the most logical landing spots for him and, and trading partners? Um, like, obviously, all 29, 29 teams should theoretically
0: be in on it, but... I don't think every team is going to be in on it because some teams will have, like, a pretty set right side at this moment yeah. in time. Um, I and mean, George, I, George McPhee's like, just wait a year, please. <laughs> just wait one more year. And just sit, yeah. just, just chill out. Uh, but, like, I haven't looked at logical landing spots, but I've, I've thought about, like, you know, what are potentials. I mean, you look at places... Um, because the Jets are reportedly are looking for a player for player type deal, right. where it's very and probably similar. a defenseman. I'd imagine they're looking for a left apparently a left hand shot defenseman of similar age and similar caliber. Hmm. That becomes difficult because yes. very few defensemen who are that, that young have actually been a, the same caliber as um, Truba. Right, and you know a lot of the ones that have been, you know, whether they've been better like Ekblad or you know, similar, like, uh, or even, actually, maybe these guys are still slightly better, Jones and Perio Perioco? Perioco. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're all right shot guys. Right. Um, and their teams aren't in a rush to trade them. No. No, they're, <laughs> right. they're quite happy. Yes. And so, like, you have to think about the fact that, you know, someone who has got a young, similar caliber, left-hand shot defenseman, and is wanting to remove one left-hand guy for a similar value right-hand guy. And so that becomes a little bit difficult. I mean... I could see potentially Anaheim Ducks mm. as one possibility because they have a plethora right. both at the NHL level and they also have a lot of uh, prospects knocking up. out the door like with uh, Theodore and those guys. Yeah, Montour. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough trade to pull off. I mean, we,
1: we saw a little bit of it during the season with the Islanders, right, with Travis Hamanick where it's like the reports where they were also looking for a young defenseman that could step into the lineup right away. It's like, well... It's kind of hard. Most, like, a lot of those guys aren't readily available.
0: Well, yeah. And if, like, you know, the teams that have those guys, you know, why would they want, like, when you want to trade, because, like, that one was a little interesting because they're literally asking, hey, we want to trade Hamnick for a Hamnick. Yeah. So, just right. a Hamnick that wants to be here. So. so, why would the other team be like, okay, well, we'd rather have Hamnick than this guy who basically is Hamnick? Yeah. Yeah. Why would they not just want to keep the hammock that they have? Right, yeah. It's <laughs> like, I get the New York Islanders angle, but, like, I can see why no one ended up trading with yes. them. Because, like, you know, let, let's just say, like, you know, the, Win, the Winnipeg Jets back in the time, you know, the young hammock that they had was Jacob Truva, and they probably didn't know that they were going to be in this situation at that time. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Um, all right, let's take a little break here to hear from our sponsor, and uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. This episode of the PDO cast is brought to you by FreshBooks, an online accounting service designed to save time and help avoid all the stresses that come with running a small business. With the new version of the interface they're now offering, accomplishing that is easier and quicker than ever before. It's ridiculously easy to use, and it's loaded with a number of immensely useful features. Whether it's customizing professional-looking invoices that only take a few seconds to create from scratch, or saying goodbye to shoeboxes full of receipts thanks to their expense tracker option, FreshBooks is a godsend for freelancers and entrepreneurs like myself. They're currently offering a free 30-day trial to listeners of our show at FreshBooks.com slash Just remember to enter Hockey PDOcast in the How You Heard About Us section, and you can get started today. That's FreshBooks.com slash All right, so we did the one elephant in the room with Jacob Truba. Yeah. Now the second elephant in the room, Andre Pavlik, who's sitting right here beside us. Andre, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now I'm dilt. Yes. I'm dead yeah um before we have this conversation let me take a a a sip of this refreshing uh phillips blue buck that we're that we're
0: indulging in i i really wish we were sponsored so we could have multiples yes
1: well you you know i've I've, i feel like i've mentioned them i've given a shout out on his podcast a couple times so if if anyone from phillips is listening and would like to uh
0: let's see if i can uh, let's see if i can uh, work some strings through the bartending yes all
1: right so pavlik um Uh, Okay. So from the Jets perspective, um, the fact that they've gone through the charade of still giving him a healthy amount of starts for years now, even though there's significant evidence to suggest that they shouldn't be doing so. Um, Do you Mm -hmm. think, do you think it's more a, that, you know, they committed to this five-year deal with him and they're kind of, on the cheaper end and they don't really want to admit that it's a sunk cost and just not play him because they are paying him i feel like uh yeah it's a it's a 3.9 AAV, but then it's been an escalating figure in terms of what they're actually paying him per year or do you think that they're blinded by like the jonathan quick effect sort of where like you occasionally see him have these amazing individual athletic performances
0: and you're like this guy might actually be good but then he's just not I think it's the perfect terrible storm. Yeah, um, It's multiple things. Like, especially like early on versus now is also a little bit of a different situation. Um, I think early on a lot of it was, um, I guess you could say the Jonathan Quick thing, um, where you see a player, and when you see a player do good things and you see a player do bad things, Sometimes you're kind of convinced to yourself that like, oh, maybe if I just can get him to do those good things more often, yeah. that's the type of player he'll always be. Right. But let's be honest, like no one's as good as their best game at golf. No one's as bad as their worst game as golf. You <laughs> you generally are what you are somewhere in the middle. You might be able to push one way or another, but you're never going to be as good as your best game. Right. And I, I think that was a big part of it. And that's why the Jets, um, you know... Signed him long term. I think part of it also was the fact that they didn't really have anything in the system at the time to. They they were scared. I mean, everyone's afraid of the devil. Everyone enjoys the devil they know rather than the devil they don't. Right. So the Jets were always afraid to dip in the free agency to replace it, despite the fact that most evidence suggested that. You know, if they just, you know, picked a name out of the hat, they probably would have done it right. just I mean, you well have these and guys cheaper. like Thomas Grice. And yeah, just I mean, around, like, right? sure, maybe they might be just Pavlik, but they would be Pavlik at, like, one point something yes. million dollars. you not attached to them for many years. Exactly. Right. And, but, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And I think that was a big part of it. And so um, Alan Walsh, who we kind of, Mentioned with Jonathan Duran, who's blocked me. Like one of the few people that's actually blocked me on Twitter. Yes, Yes. he's one of the few people that blocked me as well. Yes, Uh, him Simmons and Cox. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So back to back to where I was. Um, I think that's that was part of it, and I believe uh, Walsh kind of used the KHL angle as a potential. Oh, Pavlik will leave and just go play the KHL um there was reports of a team offering him a contract and what's up and all this and i think so that i think that's part of why they gave him the deal that they originally did even though they shouldn't have mm-hmm. um and then after that i think a lot of it was you know a bit of sunk costs i mean i've heard one way or another that um there are still public supporters in the organization that i have no Clearly, idea I about mean, like that is starting enough games to make me believe that that's the case i know and i mean some of it you can kind of understand. I mean, like, Pavlik lost his starting job two seasons ago t- to Michael Hutchinson, but then mm-hmm. H- Michael Hutchinson went in a rut and Pavlik went on a shootout or shootout, uh, shutout streak. Yeah. Um, that so, God like, guide him into the playoffs. So I can, now. I can kind of understand that kind of thing, but, but like, I mean, last season Pavlik was pretty terrible. Um, while Hutchinson was no better, they were equally bad. And I mean, Hellebuke came in and he performed excellent. And then they send him back to the AHL. And no one really knows what's going to happen this year. I know a lot of people have put Connor Halabiokan to their um, on their keeper leagues yeah. for this year. I've seen quite a bit of it on Twitter. But honestly, I have no idea whether the Jets... Because the Jets, once again, have uh, Hutchinson, who they probably don't want to lose because of the fact that he has a contract that... just so happens to have one year more than when the expansion draft is Mm. that's not a coincidence yeah and uh, andre pavlik is ufa next year so i mean they might i could very well see andre pavlik and hutchinson with pavlik taking the bulk of the starts for one more season unfortunately
1: which is really weird because you look at the rest of this team and it's pretty clear that you know they might not necessarily be like a stanley cup contender but they definitely have the skater talent to compete on pretty much every single night but then maybe not on the back end without truba yeah well that's true <laughs> well let's assume they get something at least useful back for him or or maybe they you know reconcile everything and he plays one more yeah. year for them but w- whatever the case is like it's pretty clear that if anything is going to really just sink this team it's going to be the goaltending and i i imagine i mean it was it was such a fun story two years ago when you know they made the playoffs even though it was, it was very short-lived like they were playing really exciting hockey and and i'd like to see them get back to that level but it's I don't know if if Pavlik's going to be starting fifty games or so, then it's going to be pretty tough to compete in that in that central division.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's the death uh, division. I was starting to think, oh, maybe Chicago Blackhawks will start slipping, but then they go and get Brian Campbell, who I think is extremely <clears throat> underrated, even at his age, for yep. a ridiculously good contract. Yep. And yeah, they're going to be good once again. Maybe, yeah.
1: Maybe not that you know upper echelon team that we no. become used to seeing, but they're going to be.
0: But they're going to be difficult for the Jets to get into the
1: playoffs. Um, no, but the craziest thing is like, so I actually prepared for this cause I wanted some, some, some numbers on Pavlik and, yeah. and so since 20, 20, 20 since shoot. 2011, 2012, which is when they moved to Winnipeg, um, there's been 40 goalies with a hundred starts or more. And uh, he has the fourth worst save percentage in that time. And, and uh, three the three games, are retired. Well, it's, yeah, it's Brodeur, Brisgalov, and Scribbins. Who Scrivens is <laughs> the KHL right now? Yeah. I mean, he just couldn't crack it in the, in the NHL anymore. It's like, it's amazing to me that this guy is still getting a lot of, lion's share of starts on what should be a playoff team, while, like, the other guys in his weight class are all just out of there.
0: See, what you don't get is, um, say, percentage is a team statistic. It's true, to yes. me, Yeah. He um, doesn't have the the defenseman that can
1: influence it for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dustin Bufflin has a terrible relative team save percentage when you only look at certain seasons. (laughs) Uh, We should know we're we're kidding for people that actually
1: might be serious. Yes. yeah, no, no. I'd be, I'd be excited to see them play Hellboy. I mean, just based on all the numbers he's put up up until this level, is you know, there's always you don't want to just take it for granted that a guy is going to continue to on that track record. We always see it. It is like on a case by case basis. And voodoo. Yeah. Well, weird things happen. I mean, not even even for skaters, right? Like are sometimes you saying goaltenders
0: are voodoo. are Dmitry I'm on that are voodoo.
1: I am. Uh, I, I feel like we've talked about a few uh, sort of negative things on the jets but it's not all negative i mean no i think guys uh, they
0: okay. got a really good young forward group
1: well i mean and patrick lining i feel like we should uh he's should he's okay yeah
0: i think he can play hockey how uh
1: how, how excited are you about patrick line
0: i'm pretty excited to be honest with you although like at the same time like let's be honest um the more and more that i work um with and for teams the yeah. less and less of a fan i become right and more uh, more of a fan of this sp- or still a fan of the sport but less a fan of an individual team because of the fact that you kind of force yourself to be objective, but yes, Patrick Galine is potentially the best uh, Winnipeg Jet uh, acquisition since the move. So mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely. I mean, the guy could very well be the next best goal scorer in the NHL. So having one of those for free is never a bad thing. Yeah, especially up, when you're a team that shouldn't have been drafting second overall. Let's let's be. Honest. I mean. I don't know if this has ever happened, but one thing I noticed just before the draft was both the first and second uh, overall picks went to teams that were above 50% Corsi. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out nicely for, them, for <laughs> like, them that way. Like, how often does that happen, probably, yeah, in history? I'd imagine very rarely. Um, if ever.
1: Yeah, no, is going to be awesome. Do you think that, I know the like the common... I don't know if this has been talked about a lot online, but the common comparison for him is Ovechkin just because he could be such a great goal scorer. But I honestly think that I see like a lot much more Kovalchuk in him.
0: Yes, I would. Um, I mean, when you come to players who are... Player such, comps are dangerous, yeah. yeah. Co- player comps are dangerous, especially when you're dealing with these exceptional Like all-time talents. greats, yeah. When you're, de- when you're talking about exceptional talents, it's, one, it's dangerous just because you're saying, hey, this player's going to be as good as that player. But it's also because what makes these players exceptional is because they have unique things. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why I deem Kovalchuk a better comparison, even though I think Line is not going to be like either of them, he's going to be different, is... I mean, let's get start off at the top. The reason why Line always got the comparison was because of the fact that he scored a dump load of uh, goals from the Ovechkin Sweet spot over yeah. during the World Championships. Right. And um, he loves that spot, and he's going to be great there, and I think he'll be a great power play scorer in the same um, style, not necessarily... Um, right. efficiency as um, Alex Ovechkin. Um, when it, but when it comes to Kovalchuk, I definitely see a little bit more of Kobe's game in mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Laine, just because of the difference in... I mean, once Ovechkin starts going, nobody's stopping him. Yeah, I think the, ska- the skating ability is yeah. a major difference. N- and I mean, Laine is no be- terrible skater, n- neither was Kobe. Right, but, but he's not like an absolute like freight train. Yeah. <laughs> There's a truck that's not going to be stopped. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's... Um... It's always fun. I mean, we're we're constantly seeing uh, the game is shifting to younger and younger players, and we're seeing these guys come into the NHL right away and do remarkable things. Thank and, God! And, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's awesome. It's so much more exciting. I mean, we just saw it with the team North America, and and
0: I was just about to say I, I, go team North America.
1: I think uh, I think Line A is going to be awesome right off the bat. I'm I'm kind of curious, um, just like how much opportunity they're going to give him right out of the gate. Do you think like he's going to be playing top six right away? It's like top yes. power play
0: unit. Just keep putting him in a prime position to succeed. I believe um, the current understanding is that the jets top six is pretty much set in stone mm-hmm. um, without it, depending on, of course the possibility of surprises, but I believe the top line is going to be either Shifley Wheeler. And That's the- actually perennially underrated Blake Wheeler to you. Yes. <laughs> My apologies. Yes. Um, although Team USA, um, yeah. never mind. Well, he was, he, was, he was added in the same breath as like, uh, it was it, Lombardi yeah. when he was like,
1: I, well, what are you guys talking about? Abdelgator, Bacchus, Wheeler, Dubinsky. It's like, hmm, it's like one of
0: these things is not like the other. Yeah. It's like, oh, Wheeler's like the third highest scoring yeah. American. Yeah. I guess he's big and physical. Like he's also
1: amazing at
0: hockey. Yes. People forget that hockey bit. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, it's not that we don't like big physical players. We don't dislike big physical players. We just care more about results and style. Well, no. it's it's when you're sacrificing one for
1: the other, right? Like yeah. this was the whole thing with the Kings when they won the Cups and then everyone's like the Kings model and people are going to try and play bigger or like bruising hockey. It's like, yeah, like they're like Jeff Carter, who's a big player, but he's also a crazy good goal scorer. Yeah. And Anze Kopitar has a really big body, but he also does all these other million yeah. things well, right? It's they're like,
0: also exceptional, exceptional yeah. they're very hard hockey players yes. who get exceptional results. Yes, yeah.
1: And, and that's why that. we
0: like them and that's why they win. Yeah. I mean... These things like size, grit, and whatever. These are just means to an end. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they, if you get, you want them because you want good results. But if you get them, but you don't get good results, then who cares? Then there's something else in the way that's exactly bringing it down. Um, but yeah, coming back to the uh, topic at hand, uh, Patrick Laine will probably start in the second line with um, Drew Stafford, unfortunately, and uh, Brian Little. Mm-hmm. And then the that's third... Not,
1: that's, not, that's not... That's
0: a pretty good place to start off. Yeah. And then uh, the third line will probably have Matthew Perot, And then after that, who the hell knows? It could be Cause... me and
1: you and Matthew Perot would still <laughs> just put up 50,
0: 55 points with great rate stats and just kill it. Probably. Yeah. I mean, like the Jets, the Jets Ford uh, group for the bottom six is pretty much an unknown. I think they have like 12 guys with NHL experience who are fighting for six spots or something like that.
1: Well, do you think that... I mean, because they have all these sort of younger guys that are going to be kicking around, whether it's the AHL or not. Do you think, like, this is the problem with hockey, right? Where it's like, there's this, you're, you're kind of pigeonholed into these uh, lineup roles and you're not going to put this young, skilled guy in your bottom six because he can't play that brand yeah. of hockey. Like, do you think the Jets would be past that and would actually just utilize those guys that way? Or do you I, think it's it's too much too much hockey hockey culture? Who,
0: who knows? Because, I mean, last year, there was something really interesting. Last year, the Winnipeg Jets... Uh, started off the season with Nick Batan mm-hmm. on the roster on the fourth line with Andrew Kopp, who is young, but he's still very much a prototypical, like, you know, big body, gritty, north-south. I right. mean, yes, he has, yes, he has Um He was point per game just under in the NCAA, mm-hmm. but he was still, you know, um, very much a limited offensive upside guy In when you compare him to like a Nick Batan And Chris Thorburn and i mean like that's right there you've seen the two conflicts right there i mean what is that line supposed to be doing because you have like your chris thorburn who's your gritty energy veteran leadership type guy and then on the on the left side you have nick batan who's playing wing for the first time in like four or five years and he's expected to play and it surprisingly, the the line didn't do very well. I know,
1: I can't believe it. It All must right, have right. been Nick Patan's fault.
0: I, I, I would blame Nick Patan, especially when he, he, when he got sent down to the <laughs> AHL after a couple of games, and then uh, he came back in a top nine role, and surprisingly, he did very well. Whoa. I know. Who could have seen that coming? So, I mean, with the Winnipeg Jets, I think they're going to do a third skill line, and I mean, right now, looking at how they're doing tryouts, um, they have, like, basically two different third lines or fourth lines they've been kind of trying (laughs) one that's a little more skilled centered with uh like burmistrov armia and um i can't remember who the other winger is if and then they're looking at um it might be nick patan and um and then they're doing like the more prototypical line with cop thorburn and um i mean armia doesn't really fit in that but they've been trying him and like peluso right And JC LePon and so right. it's kinda of interesting because it looks to me it looks like they're trying both and seeing like which one do we like more? Yeah. Former Cam Charon favorite JC LePon.
1: Yes. <laughs> um all right, let's uh before we get out of here, we should probably talk about your uh you kind of alluded to your 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 gig with hockey, hockey data where you've uh
0: I'm not kind of as, as no one to,
1: as no one can see. You're <laughs> trying to be like step away a little bit from caring so much about the jets and focusing more on your other way. But as you were telling me before we started recording, you're sort of more like an AHL guy at this point than you are necessarily kind of just working as an objective NHL follower.
0: Yeah. So, um, hockey data is a tracking and analysis company. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of started organically, um, through as I was like, uh, blogging through hockey grass and destinations. I started getting a little bit of following and like people who were in positions of power started asking me questions and uh I basically started being like, "Oh, maybe I should get paid for this instead of just giving them the answers <laughs> and so I started charging and so I started that in, as a consulting gig just as my own my own self and then eventually um I started consulting pretty regularly with um uh at lower levels with a player agency, and I became a full time consultant for them, and from that, I kind of grew hockey data. Um, so, Hockey Data kind of evolved from that. So, Hockey Data has only been a company for, I think technically they've only been incorporated for seven months, but um, they've actually existed, um, you know, depending on whether you consider myself as a company for like two or three years. Right. Um, and so, we started off uh, tracking statistics and giving analysis packages for lower level teams like the CIS um some junior aa um and also some major junior and we kind of grew from that um so as opposed to like a lot of like you look at a lot of these newer companies like sports logic or like older more founded companies like sports view and such they all like look at they look at the prize the gold and they're all fighting for the nhl and so i kind of realized you know there's not there's nothing on there in the ahl i mean like i love prospects like this yeah. is my this was my my passion you know studying prospects and studying that kind of stuff and there's the ahl is hilarious the ahl's information there's less public available information with ahl players than there is the liga in finland um or even like the quebec major junior league like it's it's hilarious well i recommend anyone like just watch like ahl live or whatever like the streaming service
1: and it's like sometimes you like get these like camera angles and there's like someone's head is in the way and it's like what is going on right? Like it's like a paid service and it's just like, it looks like it's from some other era. It's it, it's so, so far behind.
0: Yeah. So what we're doing right now is we're actually tracking every single game the entirety of this AHL. And, um, so we're, we're giving you a lot of, or not you, cause you sounds like I'm talking about the general public, mm. but we're providing, um, the basic, uh, statistics that you would see, you know, through, uh, NHL's RTSS, right. uh, stuff like hits, blocks, uh, face-offs, whatever. But we're also looking at more in depth stuff like um your more um advanced quote unquote uh statistics like corsi and Fenwick and shot differentials, and then we're also looking at uh, more uh advanced stuffs that's like the underlying right um like microstats yeah microstats yeah. when it comes to passes zonal transitional yeah. stuff and yeah, I mean like we've uh, kind of advertised some of that like if people follow me on Twitter, they probably see me talk about like the World Cup of hockey. Yeah, you guys have been kind of sending out teasers for that. Yeah, and so I mean we'll be also giving out some of this AHL information for publicity to um to media people, so I'm sure people will see right. every once in a while when like a call up happens, if it's a big prospect, they might be seeing some Corsi or uh, time and ice kind of stuff, yes.
1: and that'll be probably coming from us. Cool. So that's your plan for for this coming season. You're going to be focusing on
0: that. Correct, Amanda.
1: So, so no, no more jets.
0: Coverage. Um, I will still be writing on Jets Nation's a little bit, right? Um, just for I mean, it's a bit of a publicity thing, but also it's fun.
1: All right. Well, listen, man. Uh, oh, you know what? There is one other thing I want to talk about before you get out of here. I, I know that uh, how pretty I am. <laughs> well, how we'll, did I know? We'll say we'll say that for after the show. <laughs> uh, no, you. you I, there, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Now uh, you wrote about sort of uh
0: no i know where this is you, going you, you, I know you know where you want to stuff that uh garnered some attention yes. on the internet my my um listen writing is not my forte and <laughs> <laughs> i write a lot but i write as a means to an end yes to uh describe this what i am actually good at which is statistical analysis and player and hockey analysis right um basically what it really was gonna was Typically, trying to say is some stats guys are assholes, some stats guys are wrongfully called assholes, yeah. And sometimes people are not trying to be an asshole but might look like it Mm -hmm. just because of the way things are. That's basically what it was supposed to be, and I don't know how that's so controversial. And you wound up being called an asshole, but I wound up being called an asshole because I said that, probably because I said it in a poor way, yes. And for that, I'm sorry, that's that's my fault, and I apologize. But literally, like, I don't think it's unreasonable to believe that, you know, sometimes miscommunications can happen and people can be wrongfully identified. And I mean, like, there are some issues. And I, like, with a second, like, I did a first piece that was, like, kind of talking about some of the reasons why I think that people who are not actually trying to be, you know, mean or look down upon someone else could look like they are because of the fact that when you're using objective information, um... It's not, it's no longer being an argument of my personal opinion versus your personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, the the angle and discussion is a little bit different. And that can look like someone saying like, my opinion is better than yours. It's not, right. this is not my opinion is better than yours. Maybe my opinion was the same as yours in the first place. It has, it's nothing about my opinion is just, hey, maybe the evidence doesn't match our opinions, so maybe we should reevaluate this.
1: Well and I mean it's it's the internet and yeah, stuff. It, sometimes he's lost there's, in translation. There's, there's
0: lack of context, yes. the lack of like, you know, voice, body expression and...
1: and I think also without getting like without, you know, resorting to personal attacks and stuff, it's like people can sometimes be significantly different than their online persona might indicate, right? Yeah. Like for my 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 favorite example is Tyler Dello who is uh, is no longer on Twitter, but but I, I know I know people used to always you know think that he was just like the worst, most condescending person online. And, and I had a couple of rub, you know, dust ups myself with him. And then I met him in person.
0: He was like the nicest, most
1: soft spoken guy ever.
0: And you know what? It's funny because I've heard that exact same story from so yeah. many different yeah, he's, people.
1: He's, he's, he's a delight. We like had a, had a nice bite to eat, a drink and just talked and got along great. And, and you now, just never know.
0: And that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that what right. Tyler Dell did wrong or right. You shouldn't, be, you should, you shouldn't right. be rude
1: to someone online just yeah. because you're nice in real life. Like that's but, not what I'm advocating. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. But like, and, and, uh, the second piece that I kind of brought up was the fact that like, you know, there's some things that we might do, um, as a stats community that we could probably improve upon that would help, you know, remove that persona. So I kind of like talked about like, you know, and I mean like, especially when you're dealing with 140 characters with Twitter, Um, it makes it difficult to do a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, but like, we have to be more open about like, you know, a lot of the statistical stuff has to do with uh, probability, not necessarily destiny. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like there's still stuff that we don't know. And, you know, when we deal with a lot of that stuff, it makes it a lot easier for people to understand that, you know, we're not being deriving assholes where it's like, you're wrong. I'm right. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I don't think people understand how much, um, how much we get back. I don't think people really truly understand how much like people under how people respond back to me when I say, you know, player A garners better numbers than player B. So therefore, I would strongly suggest that player A is most likely better. Yeah. And um, a lot of times people are like, no, you're wrong. And I was like, that's not a positive conversation either. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, ultimately, I believe that, like, you know, even if you don't believe in numbers or whatever, in the same manner as I do, you should be like looking towards having a positive conversation as well in like, saying, like, okay, you know, maybe A has better results, but here's the reasons why I think A might have better results. It's not because he's better. Right. Like, and that creates, you could still have a difference of opinion and still um, counter-strike, I guess, in a more positive manner. So, I mean, like, I'm not putting I'm not putting the fault or the blame on the other group because I don't think that's fair because I don't think it's them. Right. Um, I think it's all people because I think people are imperfect.
1: Hashtag not all people.
0: Yeah. Hashtag not all people. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, not all all stats guys. I'm going to start that hashtag not all stats guys.
1: I I think it's, I think it's like, uh, I hope one day we're not even like referring to like the other group. Like it's like,
0: if you're
1: online and arguing with people about hockey, you're probably like a big fan of the sport. I'd imagine. And we're all sort of have the same. We should be one community. It's, It's like, I don't understand what, I don't mean to be like, you know, like throwing up the peace sign here and trying
0: to be all meta, but it's like, and here's the funny thing. All people use statistics. Yeah. Just, just the, the the difference is which statistics we're using. Yeah. And sometimes do, and Steve it, Simmons uses plus minus. He's a statistics person. Yeah. He's just using a statistics. Simmons shown he's to a be, have a you know a little bit of difficulty in actually being productive. Yeah. I think I think you know
1: if we take anything away from this podcast it's that Steve Simmons is a stat nerd.
0: Steve Simmons is a stat nerd. <laughs> he, Hashtag he loves not stats. all stats people.
1: Not all stats people. Uh, Garrett, where can uh, people find you online and check out your work?
0: Um, the easiest way is probably just to follow me on Twitter because. At Gareth my OHL? Work. Yes, Gareth of the OHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gareth OHL, because Gareth used to not put capital letters in the beginning of his first and last name, so people thought his name was Gareth OHL. Um, my name is Garrett, yep. Gareth, Yeah. and um, you can find me there. And I usually blog on the Hockey Data website or the Hockey Graphs or uh, Jets Nations, but a couple of other places sometimes, too.
1: Cool, man. Well, it was fun, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get you back on as the season goes along to, to discuss uh, some of the work you're tracking.
0: Sounds perfect, since I'm only a couple blocks away.
1: Cool. Chat to you, man.
0: The Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Follow on Twitter at Dim Filipovich and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash hockeypdocast.